discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. safe and sound. Thank you for blessing us throughout the year, Lord. Our hearts and our minds are full of gratitude. We are grateful. We are grateful, Lord. Thank you that even as we are on the verge of entering into the next year of 2019, you grant us more grace to go throughout the year successful, accomplishing more for your kingdom, changing lives all around the world being a blessing to many because we are blessed ourselves. We are the blessing of God in the end. Thank you so much. We are grateful. Give it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. You may take your seats in the heavenly places. I'd like to welcome all of you to this year's new New Year's Eve service. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 2019 is our year of... It's just a few minutes to 2019. Nine minutes more. Hallelujah. I want to share some few things with you and then I'll tell you what the year is going to be. Okay? Let's start from John chapter 10, verse 10. Are you asking anybody, are you ready? It's important you get excited concerning God's word, okay? You have to get excited concerning God's word. It's very important. Without that, nothing can happen. Not much can happen. You have to become excited about God's word. It's very important. It says, a thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Then Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come. Say, I am come. I am come. You know, so the devil steals. The first thing the devil will steal in a child of God's life is the word of God. Because when the word of God is not there, every other thing is not going to work. If the word of God is absent, Everything else is not going to work. And all around the world, we have children of God going through so many problems because clearly the devil is stealing from them. He's killing them and destroying them. All because the word of God is not there. If you don't have time for the word, you are doomed. If you are too busy for God's word, then you are in trouble. And that happens because a lot of people don't have understanding concerning what God's word is. Okay? Look at Psalm 102. Psalm 107 verse 20. 
Psalm 107 verse 20. God's word is very important. The word of God is very important. Say the word of God is very important. Say it again. Look at this. He sent his word. God sent his word and healed them. He sent his word and healed them. So our healing is in the word. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their distractions. The devil comes, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that you may have life and have it to the full. How are they going to have that life? Through the word. Go back to the other place. Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent his word. See, he sent his word. God sent his word and healed them. The devil can steal your health. But before he can steal your health, he has to steal the word of God concerning health. If he was unable to steal that, he can't steal your health. And deliver them from their distractions. You could face a lot of distractions. Okay? The devil can steal your peace. Steal your joy. Steal your comfort. Steal your excitement. How is he going to do that? By stealing the word of God from you. He sends his word and heal them and deliver them from their distractions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15. If you are smart, you will know what, what the year is going to be like. This is Paul writing to Timothy and he says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. You have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. You have known the word of God. You have known the scriptures. You have eaten the word of God. You have consumed the word of God. You know it from a child. Says, and that from a child that has known the Holy Scriptures, which are able, they have an ability. The word of God has an ability. Says they are able to make thee wise. Wise unto what? Unto salvation. The word salvation there is soteria. And it means deliverance. It means health. It means glory. It means power. It means anointing. It means goodness. It means all the good things you can never think about. Since the word of God is able to make you wise unto salvation. Unto salvation. Look at the Amplified. Let's look at the Amplified. And how from, a child, from your childhood you have had a knowledge of and been acquainted with the sacred writings. Which are able to instruct you and give you understanding for salvation which comes through faith in Christ Jesus. Through the leaning of the entire human personality on God in Christ Jesus. In absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness. Hallelujah. Salvation means deliverance, healing, preservation. All these things are wrapped up in God's word. The word of God is God's power. Okay? It's God's power. Without the word of God, God doesn't have any power. That is why when Jesus was living the earth, he didn't leave us a sign in heaven to let us know how great he is. He left us his word. Because his word is his power. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick. The word of God is what? Is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a designer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Look at the Amplified. For the word that God speaks is alive. It says it's alive. The word of God is alive. It says the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. It is full of power, making it active, making it operative, making it energizing and effective. It is full of power, 
making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the word of God. The word of God, I said, is the power of God. Hallelujah. Okay, let's read Psalm 29. Psalm 29, let's read from verse 1. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is what? Is In other words, the word of God is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty and hence communicates majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Sion like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. Are you hearing what I'm reading to you? The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calf and discover the forest. And in his temple does everyone speak of his glory. Hallelujah. This scripture is the reason why we shout glory in church. It says, and in his temple does everyone shout glory. Hallelujah. The voice of the Lord. See the voice of the Lord. It's the power of God. It is quick. It is sharper. It is energizing. That is what brings you into glory. Without that, you can't have glory. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 29. It's a prophetic service. It's not a teaching service much. It's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. Go back. It's not my word like as a fire. Say the Lord. And like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. It's not my way like as a fire. Say the Lord. And like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. The word of God is fire. And it's a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. Every rock in your life. You see, 2019 will have so many things. But the means of breaking all those things is going to be through the hammer of God. Through the fire of God. What is that? The word of God. So 2019. I said 2019. I want you to be on your feet and receive the word of God. 2019. is our year. Of the word of God. Thanks for some time. Oh, 
It's my year of the word of God. It's my year of the word of God. It's my year of the word of God. It is our year of the word of God. It's not my well like as a fire, say the Lord. And like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. The word of God is powerful. It is active. It is active. It is energizing. Sharper than any two sword. We are going to so use the word. We are going to so study the word. We are going to so eat the word. 2019 is our year of the word of God. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. We are going to we are going to tear the word of God into pieces. We are going to eat the word of God. We are going to be so full of the word. Say, I'm going to be so full of the word. Say, I'm going to so learn the word. I'm going to so know the scriptures. Because it is able to make me wise. Unto salvation. I'm going to enjoy a good life. A glorious life. Through the word. Through the word. I'm going to live in continuous health. I'm going to live in continuous victory. I'm going to live in continuous faith. Through God's word. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Now take your seat and let me show you what it means. I want to show you just a little bit. I'm going to teach on it throughout the year. Okay? Did you hear what I said? 2019 is what? It's our year of the word of God. Write it down. It's our year of the word of God. You see, we we are going to do so many things with the word. That is why we didn't qualify it as something like feeding on the word or meditating on the word because we are going to do so much with it. So much with it. Hallelujah. Are you ready? (laughs) It's my year of the word of God. It's my year of the word of God. Hallelujah. So, what is the word of God? What is the word of God? There are three expressions of the word that has been revealed to us. Okay, the word of God is the expression of deity of God himself. Okay, the word of God is God, God expressing himself to humanity. God is so big, God is so great. And for him to be seen and realized and felt, he needs to speak. If I, if I stand here and I don't talk, I don't see anything, I'm just here. Quiet looking at you. And you're also looking at me. Nobody's talking. And we, can we be here for an hour? We can't. For, for you to know exactly what uh, someone is thinking, you must know what he's saying. Without his words, you can't, the person is not expressed. So the word of God is the expression of deity, is the expression of God. And there are three forms of the expression of God, even though it's one. First one is a living word. The second one is a written word. And the third one is a spoken word. The living word, then the written word, and then the spoken word. 
So let's pick the first one, the living word, and explain it a little bit, okay? Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. Revelation 19, 11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. This is a revelation concerning Jesus Christ and his second coming. I've been telling you that the second coming of Christ is in two forms. We have the public one and then the private one. The private one is for his own. He comes for his own. He comes for his children. And then the, the second part of the second coming of the, of the Lord is with his own. And that one is public. The first one is private because he appears in the air. And then those of us who are children of God are caught up to be with him in the air. And the Bible says that so shall we be with him. He takes us back into heaven. And then we enjoy ourselves at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And all those things happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have the marriage. Then we have the feast. And then we come down with him on horses. So this is a description of his second coming. The public second coming of Christ. So he says, and I saw heaven opened. And behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness is that judge and make war. Next verse. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. Read the rest to me. One to go. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Who was coming? It was Jesus who was coming. In Acts chapter 1, verse 9, look at Acts chapter 1, verse 9. When Jesus said his last words and he was ascending, he says, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as a cloud received, you know what the cloud is, I've explained it to you, isn't it? The cloud is a cloud of witnesses. Okay? And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus. So in this place, they mentioned his name as Jesus, because it was him. It was resurrected Jesus. This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner. He shall so come in like manner, as you have seen him go into heaven. In like manner. How did he go? He went up with clouds. Who were the clouds? The clouds were the cloud of witnesses. Okay, in Jude chapter 1 verse 14. Look at Jude 1 14. Jude 1 14 explains to us and lets us know. He says, and Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, behold, the Lord cometh with what? Ten thousands of his saints. He, he didn't know millions. He couldn't say millions because at that time millions were not reviewed. <laughs> okay, they were counting up to thousand. Just like now we count up to trillion. Because the richest man in the world, even is yet to get to a trillion, isn't it? But there are companies that are in trillions. I understand Apple uh, had about three trillion dollars as their profit or something like that during the year. Hallelujah, during last year. So he, he meant to say something higher, but his, the revelation he had concerning numbers was just a thousand. So he says, behold, the Lord cometh to ten thousands of his saints. So the, Lord, the Lord's return is going to be with the saints. Hallelujah. Because in the other place, he was taken away with clouds. And the clouds represents clouds of witnesses. Okay? In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible mentions it. Now, so the name of the living word. Who is the living word? The living word is who? It's Jesus. Jesus is the living word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say Jesus is the living word. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus is the living word. He is the living word. He's the expression of God. In flesh. So in John chapter 1 verse 14. Look at John chapter 1 verse 14. He says, and the word became flesh. 
Mm? And the word, the word was means to become, meaning that that was not its original existence. The word became flesh. This is the BBC. And so the word became flesh and took a place amongst us for a time. And we saw his glory. The word of God carries glory. <laughs> he says, we saw his glory. Such glory as is given to only an only son by his father saw it to be true and full of grace. Who is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. And the word became flesh. Go back to the King James. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten of the father. Full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. What is he saying? Jesus is the living word. Jesus is the living word. Go to verse 1. John chapter 1 verse 1. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Actually, the word there is not there in the original rendering. Okay? It reads like this. In beginning. And the word beginning there is archaic. It has to do with the dateless past. What he's saying is, he's not trying to say that um, the word came in the beginning. He predates the beginning. Without him, there's no beginning. In the beginning was the word. This beginning is different from Genesis, the beginning of Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That one is different from this one. This beginning is before that beginning. Hallelujah. (laughs) See, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Next verse. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Now, the word was here in verse 3. And the word was in verse 1 are different. They are not the same. If you have a good Bible, you can check it for yourself. They are not the same. The first one in verse 1. If you look at verse 1, you see a lot of words. Was, was, was. Verse 1 and verse 2. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Next verse. The same was in the beginning with God. All these words, was, was, was in all these verses are the same. Verse 1 and verse 2 have the same word for was. But verse 2 has another word for was. Okay? And the word was in the very first verse means existence. So, you can read it this way. In beginning existed the word. Do you get it? In beginning existed the word. The word existed before the beginning. And the word existed with God. And the word existed God. Look at the next verse, verse 2. The same existed in the beginning with God. Then the next one, verse 3, which says, And all things were made by him. The word, and all things were made by him. And without him was nothing. The word was is ginomai. It means to come into existence. Do you understand? To be brought into existence. He was not brought into existence. He existed before everything had to come into existence. So the word of God that we are talking about is, he, he is God himself. And you and I know, he's God. So when God, God, the word of God is God himself being given to you. As we are sharing the word of God like this, God himself is being distributed to you. That's what's happening. Hmm. Are you following me? Jesus is the living word. He's the revelation of God. 
Revelation chapter 1 verse 8. He is the alphabet for God's expression. And I want to show you this. I am Alpha and Omega. This is Jesus talking. Jesus showed himself to John and he said, I am Alpha, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, say the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I am the Alpha. Alpha is the very first word in the Greek, isn't it? If you look at the Hebrew rendering of this particular, ver- this particular verse, Alpha, okay, is Aleph in the Hebrew, which is A in the Hebrew. And then Omega is Tev, which is Z in the Hebrew. So Jesus is the alphabet that formed the Hebrew language. And a lot of people say, say that the Hebrew language is the original language of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know how true it is, but it's powerful. He is the A and the Z, or the A to the Z of the alphabet of God. Why am I saying that? Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 and verse 2. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he has made the world. Go back to verse 1 once again. Let me read it to you. God, say God. Who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers. He spoke to the fathers in time past. How? By the prophets. Then he says, has in these last days spoken unto us. You see that the his is in brackets. Meaning that the his is not supposed to be in the original rendering, isn't it? Is that what it means? So you can read it like this. Has in these last days spoken unto us by son. You are spoken unto us what? By son. It's like it doesn't sound right, but actually that is the right rendering. The word by can also be translated into in. It's the same thing, okay? In is the same as by. Hallelujah. So we can change it. Look at the ASV. Let's look at ASV, American Standard Version. God, having of old times spoken unto the fathers in the prophets by diverse portions and in diverse manners, has at the end of these days spoken unto us in... You see, in this particular place, he didn't mention, he didn't use by, he used in. He, he decided to choose in, because you can use in or by. So he says, he has in this last day spoken unto us in, in son. See, it doesn't make sense. Why, why is he saying that? But that is, the, that is how you're supposed to read. If you go for a class and uh, your friend was not in the class, and the, the class is a French class, or the class is an English class, but then the teacher decides to teach in French, using French. Okay? And you are reporting to your friend, and you say, today our lecture taught in French. Is it a bad construction of words? Is it correct? He spoke to us in French. He spoke to us in Spanish. He spoke to us in Portuguese. He's talking about dialect. He's talking about the language that was used. So the language of God, how does God express himself? God expresses himself the language that God uses now is his son. So Jesus is a dialect, is the very dialect of God. Jesus is the very expression of God. Do you understand? That's why I said that the word of God is the expression of deity. And how does God express himself? He expresses himself through the living word. Who is the living word? Jesus is the living word. Jesus is the living word. Not only a physical representation, a physical human being, but he's speaking to us in the language he's using in, the, in this time. Is his son amplified? Let's read the amplified. But in the last days, in the last of these days, he has spoken to us in the person of a son, 
whom he appointed heir. In the person of a son. Are you getting it? In the person of a son. He speaks to us in the personhood of a son. So the son is God's language. He's the A to Z of God's language. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He's the unveiling of God. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. He's everything. He's everything. Now let's examine the written word. The written word. The written word is the unveiling of the living word. Who is the living word? Jesus, right? The written word is the unveiling of the living word. The unveiling of the living word. I hope it's simple enough for you to understand. So the written word that we have, the Bible that we have, the word of God that we have in our hands, is the unveiling of the living word. Who is Jesus Christ? Okay? God first expresses himself in the person of Christ. Jesus is God. Okay, look at, I didn't want to go into all these things because it's just the first uh, message I'm sharing. Hallelujah. Preach. Go to Romans, Romans chapter 1. Let's read from verse 1. Romans chapter 1 from verse 1. One to go. A servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Concerning his son Christ, Jesus our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. That was according to the flesh. The seed of David. In other words, he came through the genealogy of David. Okay? Next verse. And declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. What is he talking about? Look at Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. For unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be shall be called what? Wonderful Counselor. It's actually not Wonderful Wonderful Command Counselor. It's together. It's Wonderful Counselor. His name shall be called the Mighty God. The Son of God was. He says was Jesus was declared the Son of God with what? With power. What is what is he talking about? He says this Son that he's talking about. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and the name of the child, the name of the son, shall be called what? Wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. So he is the mighty God himself expressing flesh. I see what I'm talking about. He's not an ordinary person. Let me show you more. Go to 1 John chapter 5. Let's read verse 20. 1 John chapter 5 verse 20. And we know that the son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even in his son Jesus Christ. Then he says this. This is what? This is the true God and eternal life. The son is the true God. So you can't say you are learning the scriptures and not know Jesus. You have made a very big mistake. You can't say you are learning the scriptures and you are are going around Christ. You have made a very big mistake. Yes. You can't. You can't. It's not possible. What are you talking about? You can't say you know God without knowing Jesus. Because Jesus is God. He told Philip, have I been so long with you and have you not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. The one who has seen me has seen the Father. Because I am the Father. I said God is big. You see, God, God does not even dwell in heaven. God can't live in heaven. Heaven is too small for him. What did he say? He says the heaven is what? My throne. His bottoms. It's only his bottoms that go, go, go in heaven. Yes, only his bottoms. They had never seen God before. 
The angels keep bowing down and coming up and keep bowing down and coming. They had never seen him. They see his glory. They see his different manifestations. But they had never really seen him. The day Jesus was born, all the angels had to line up and come down and come and see God in flesh. They had never seen God. This was their first time coming to see God. So they had to organize their visitation program. Every angel had to come. Didn't you read? How that some angels came to some shepherds by night and asked them. Charlie told them, there, there's something great happening in here. But you don't know. We, we are seeing everything. For the first time we have seen God. For the first time we have seen God. Look at Romans chapter 9. Let me show you some more. Romans chapter 9. Let's read from verse 4. Okay, let's read from verse 3. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption and the glory and the covenant and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Verse 5. Whose are the fathers? Okay, verse 5 is what I really want you to say. Whose are the fathers and of whom has concerned the flesh Christ came? Who is over all? God. Blessed forever. Amen. He is over all. God, are you understanding? He says, whose are the fathers and of whom has concerned the flesh? Christ came. He's talking about the Jews. Then he says, Christ, who is over all? God, blessed forever. Amen. That is Jesus. So Jesus is God. He's God at once. <laughs> so Jesus is the living word. He's the expression of deity. For in him the fullness of the God that is pleased to dwell bodily. He's the body expression of the divine, of God himself. Do you understand? Does it make sense? And the next thing I'm trying to let you understand is that the Bible that you have in your hand is an unveiling of that person called Jesus. Okay? It's the unveiling of the living word. And who is the living word? The living word is Jesus himself. So let me show you why I'm saying what I'm saying. Can I show it to you? Are we flowing now? Now, look at John chapter 5, verse 39. Jesus is talking here. And he says, search the scriptures. This is Jesus talking. He says, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. The scriptures testify of me. The scriptures testify of me. In other words, everything in the Bible from Genesis to Revelations testify of me. And you see, at this particular time when Jesus was talking, the New Testament had not been written. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John had not been written yet. Nothing had been written. So he was talking about the Old Testament. He was talking about Moses and the prophets. He says, I search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they, they are they which testify of me. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 10, it says that, and I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, see thou do it not. I am, the, I am thy fellow servant. And of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Then it says, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Jesus says that the scriptures testify of me. The scriptures testify of me. The spirit of prophecy says, go back, go back to the other, the other place. For the testimony of Jesus. You see, normally I want you to see the scripture. That's what I always say. Let's go here. Let's go. So you see what we are talking about. He says that the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Have you ever read Luke chapter 24 before? Go to Luke chapter 24. Let's read verse 27. At the resurrection of Christ, okay, when Christ rose from the dead, there were two people who were on their way from Jerusalem to Emmaus and were talking hand in hand. Scholars say that they were husband and wife. 
you know. And as they went, they were discussing things. They were sad, discussing things. And Jesus appeared amongst them and asked them, you know, what are you people talking about? And they said, are you the first person? Are you not coming to Jerusalem? Haven't you heard of all the things that has happened in Jerusalem in the last three days? Jesus, who, is, who was a very wonderful person from God, everything, wonderful prophet, blah, 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 blah. They crucified him, they killed him, and this is the third day that we, we, he's, he's been dead. And this morning, some of our ladies went to the sepulchre and came back to come and tell us that he has risen from the dead. Then Jesus told them, oh, you slow of heart. And he started to explain to them, so look at this. This is the best message I think has ever been preached. Because it was preached by Jesus himself concerning himself. It says, and beginning at Moses. Who is Moses? Moses is Genesis, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the five books of Moses. Whenever you see Moses in the New Testament, he's talking about these books, okay? So Jesus said, the Pharisees city, Moses' seat. Hmm? And, other, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, beginning at Moses, Moses and all the prophets, he expanded unto them in all the scriptures. Not some, all the scriptures. The things concerning himself. All the scriptures. All the scriptures. Say all the scriptures. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they. Say they are they. Say it again. They are they. So Moses speaks of Christ. Everything in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Concerning the food, concerning the drinks, concerning the harvest, concerning the feasts, concerning all those things, it's actually not about those things. It's actually about Christ. Go to Colossians chapter 2. <laughs> Hallelujah. Colossians 2.16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of unholy days. Don't, don't let anybody tell you. you no, know, some people say that we can't eat, we can't eat snails. We can't eat pork. Have you ever seen those things? We can't eat pork. We can't eat snails. We can't eat crabs. We can't eat what else? Wache served by some people. You have been sinning. You have been eating wache. You don't know. What, what else? All those things. You can't eat gober. You can't eat cat. You can't. He says, let no man. This is, this is scriptures. He says, let no man. Don't let anybody judge you in meat, in food, or in drink. And the Bible says, that which you sold in the shambles, buy. Or that which you sold in the marketplace, buy without asking questions. Don't ask questions as to whether it was effort to idols or not. Makes no difference. Eat it and be happy. Everything that is received, so long as you receive with thanksgiving, it is sanctified. Hallelujah. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of unholy day. Sometimes people say that this particular day is holy. Others also say that this particular day is not holy. Go to Romans chapter 14. Verse 1. Let me, let me show you. Can I show it to you? Yeah, this, this, these are things that are all over the place. It says, Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. He calls them weak in faith. Him that is weak in faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. He says, let him come to you, but don't have any disputes with him concerning what he likes and what he does not like. Just receive him. Next verse. Verse 2. For one believer that he may eat all things. Say all things. Another who is weak. (laughs) Another who is what? Another who is what? So the one who is strong is the one who eats all things. Another who is weak eateth herbs. Verse 3. Look at verse 3. 
let not him, but he says, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. So don't despise him. This, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God has received him. So whether he eats or not makes no difference. But you know where you are. You know you are stronger. <laughs> Go back to the other place. Colossians 2 says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. Okay? All this represents the celebrations of the Old Testament. Go back. Go back to 16. He says, Or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. The holy days were three throughout the year. Three feasts. Major feasts of Israel. Three major feasts. Okay? Those were done yearly. Then, of the new moon, those were done every month. Then, of the Sabbath days, those were done every week. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let no man judge you in meat, in food, or in drink. There were foods that were served in those days. The meal offering, the sin offering, all those things were meals. Says, don't let anybody judge you along those lines. Next verse. Says, because all these things are a shadow of things to come. They were all a shadow. Where's my shadow? They were all a shadow of things to come. But the body, the reality, is Christ. In other words, Christ is our year. Christ is our month. Christ is our day and our week. Christ is our meal offering. He's our sin offering. He's everything you can think about. If you have Christ, you have all. There's no need to complicate your life. Tell me, but don't complicate your life. Which are a shadow of things to come, but the body. So all the things of the Old Testament were a shadow. Do you relate to the shadow and my shadow and leave me? Ask me, but do you, do you relate to my shadow and leave me? What is my shadow as compared to me? I am, I am better than my shadow. So when you have me, you have all, including my shadow. Come for me, not my shadow. So this year, you have to go for Christ, the reality, the word. Go for the word. Okay? Go for Jesus, not for, the, not for anything. If we are in the Old Testament, we must see Christ in there, not leading us to something else. Hallelujah. The living word. The written word. The, the word of God is the photo album of Jesus. Every page is his, is his picture. Yeah, sometimes you read numbers and you are just reading things. And this one uh, was, was numbered with this and this one was not. I mean, you wonder what they are talking about. But all speaks of Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. Still talking about the written word, okay? It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, so that the man of God, next verse, that the man of God may be perfect, totally furnished unto all good works. All scripture, say all scripture. scripture. Go back. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's given by inspiration of God. It's given by inspiration of God. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. Then I'll explain the two together for you. 2 Peter 1, 20. It says, knowing this, 
first that no prophecy of the, of the scripture is of any private interpretation. In other words, you can't take one verse of the scripture and need you to explain your thoughts. The scriptures should not be explained in such a way that only you can explain it. If you don't explain it, we can't have the same understanding that you have. Only you understand what you are talking about. You are the only one who has seen it. Eh? It's not of any personal or private or special interpretation, loosening or so. I mean, that's, that's not how it's supposed to be. Revelation, you see, Revelation has a beginning and has an end, but has no depth. Do you understand? Revelation has what? A beginning and has an end. This church has a message. That message should be able to, I should be able to communicate it to you. And it should come to an end. That is why we can have plenty branches and not be afraid. Okay? Why? Because he knows you have preached to you so many times. You know what I'm going to say. Don't you know what I'm talking about? You know it. It's not the first time you hear me talk about this. But the depths of the revelation. Genesis, the Bible that we have starts from Genesis and ends at Revelation. It started and ended. Do you get it? But having to be using the same Bible for years. Why? Because the, the, the depth of the revelation is different. It's higher. And you can go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. But when it comes to the, the scope of the revelation, and that's why Jesus could trust his disciples after three and a half years to control the message. He didn't need to stay with them for a hundred years. He didn't need to stay with them for three and a half years and teach them. That is why he could say, there was a curriculum. <laughs> That was, a curriculum. that was why he could say to them in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Look at Matthew 28, 18. Hallelujah. And Jesus came and spake unto them. Who are them? The disciples, saying unto them, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So it came to an end. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. But the depth of the revelation changed. Peter had a depth, Paul had a depth. But the revelation was the same. You understand? So he says, no scripture is of private interpretation. It's not. Knowing this verse, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Next verse. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. It says, those who wrote the prophet, when he, talk, when he talks about prophecy, he's talking about the book of the prophets. Okay? All that happened, apart from Moses' writings, all the rest are referred to as the prophets. Okay, go to Romans chapter 3. Let's read verse 20. Romans chapter 3, verse 20. For by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Next verse. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Then it says, being witnessed, being spoken of by the law. Who wrote the law? Moses. So the law is Genesis to Deuteronomy. Are you saying it? It says, but now the righteousness of God without the law, apart from the law, is manifested. Being witnessed, being spoken of by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there's no difference. What I want you to see is the fact that he says it is without the law and the prophets. Because the law and the prophets represent the scriptures of old. Okay? And he says it's not of private interpretation. Go back to Second Peter chapter 1, where we're reading. I don't know if you are being blessed. I don't know if you are learning anything. Now, there's so much to share. The word of God is God. 
So we can't finish talking about God. You get it? We can't finish talking about God. So it's a big thing. I'm just trying to introduce it to you. Okay? I'm just making an attempt. This is just an attempt to introduce it to you. Then in the course of the days and the months, we can unveil it some more to you. Hallelujah. Next verse, verse 21. For the prophecy came in, not in old time by the will of man. Since the people who wrote, the prophets who wrote, it, they, it, they, they didn't write by their will. They didn't, they didn't write their mind. Neither did they write their feelings. They didn't write what they thought. Okay? But holy men of God spake as they were moved. They were moved by the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Spirit was involved in the documentation. That is why we do something called ask the author. Who is the author? The author is the Holy Ghost. There's, a, there's one author of the, of the word of God. There are many writers. Who is the author? The author is the Holy Ghost. That's what he's saying here. He says, as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the author. Paul was a writer. Eh? Isaiah was a writer. Jeremiah was a writer. All those people are writers. But the author, the one through whom everything came, is the Holy Ghost. Are you listening to me? So go back to 2 Peter 3, verse 16. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, I want to explain it to you. The word inspiration is from the Greek Theoneustos. T-H-O-T-H-E-O-P-N-E-U-S-T-O-S. S-T-O-S. Theoneustos. Okay? T H E O P N E U S T O S. If you are not writing, this year you will write in church. Find the nearest neighbor who is not writing and say, You, you will write in church this year. You will write in church before the year ends. You will have a testimony. Of being one who takes notes in church. In the name of Jesus. Okay, and that word, Theoneustos, is from two words. Theos, which is God. And new. Okay, or Numa, which is spirit. So he's talking about the spirit of God. Okay? Uh-huh. The spirit of says All scripture is given by inspiration of God. He's talking about the, the, the spirit of God, the outbreathings of God. The breath of God. It was the breath of God that brought the scriptures. Like we've seen in the other place. Says they didn't write it according to their will, but they were moved. They did it as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Are you seeing it? All right. Now, the word theonosos, like I said, is from two words. Theos and neo. Okay? Neo is P-N-E-O. And it means to blow air into a musical instrument. That's one of the first meanings of the word neo. P-N-E-O. It means to blow air. Say blow air. To blow air into a musical instrument to produce a distinct sound. Like someone is playing a trumpet or a flute. Depending on the musical instrument that is being used, the sound will be different. Okay? So you have different expressions of the word of God depending on the, 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 prophet, the prophet that was used and the manifestation of God that came. You understand? Because God was blowing his air through that instrument and it produced a distinct sound. Hallelujah. So he says, all scripture is given by the blowing of air into, the, this, into various instruments that produces different or distinct sounds. Are you seeing it? Okay. Then the second meaning of that thing, that word new, is to emit fragrance. Emit a fragrance. Fragrance. Only fragrance. Do you understand fragrance? Minji fragrance. What is fragrance? Perfume. 
perfume, isn't it? Is it perfume? So it means to emit fragrance, a perfume, a scent, a sweet, sm- a sweet smelling scent. Hallelujah. Not the anago type. <laughs> Do you know, have you ever seen, there's one video I've written VIP by on it. It wasn't a very, it wasn't a good thing at all. I mean, you spray it and five days still on you. You can bath seven times, still it's on you. It will let you know that it has attached itself to you. <laughs> okay, it means to emit what? To emit a fragrance. Hallelujah. Then the third meaning of that word is to display emotions. To display emotions. Okay? Or to reveal emotions. Hallelujah. To display, reveal, or project emotions. To project emotions. So what he's saying is this. All scripture is given by the blowing, God's blowing of air to produce distinct sounds. Okay? That communicates the fragrance of God and the emotions of God. Now, the Bible, and he's talking about the scriptures. He's not talking about some, he's talking about the scriptures. So the, what he's saying is that the Bible you have in your hand, the word of God that you have in your hand, okay, can let you experience the presence of God. Because You see, you can't, you can't smell someone's perfume unless you are close to the person. If you want the person's perfume to rub off on you, you must become intimate with the person. You must hug the person. Isn't it? Yes. Those of you who go and hug people's girlfriends. When you go home, your beloved will ask you, hey, who, who, you are not smelling like me. You are smelling like someone else. Yeah. You can't. The lady, this is one way you can catch your husband. If, you, if he comes when he's not smelling the way he normally smells on a normal day. Yeah. Because if you are intimate with someone, the fragrance on the person comes on you. So the scriptures, the word of God, carries, okay, the, the very presence of God. And your relation with the word of God, as it is written, brings to you the very presence of God. And communicate. So the scriptures communicate. It's not just a... Uh, Black letters in a white background. No. The very letters communicate the very presence of God. They carry the very presence of God. They carry the very emotions of God. And they carry the very distinct sounds of God that was made through different people. That is why through God's word you can have an imagination. God can take you through the spirit. Through the word of God. To stand with Moses and feel how Moses felt. On the shores of the sea of, of the Red Sea. You can have that feeling. You can know what it means. What it meant for David to stand before Goliath. You can know it. Through the word of God. Through the transportation of the word of God. And it's through the scriptures. Not by looking under it in any way. Not by going. You know some people want to see something under. Like the word of God is saying something else. I don't know if you understand. He says the thief come not but to steal, to kill and to destroy. That is what he means. What else do you want it to mean? To mean. What do you want it to mean? It doesn't mean it. That is what it means. But through meditation on that scripture, the, the, the Spirit of God can carry you. And give you an experience, an emotional experience of God. How God felt when Israel was criticizing God. God can let you have that experience. Through his scriptures, through the word. Are you listening to me at all? That is why it is good for, it is, it is profitable for doctrine. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. They can instruct you in your righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So say say this after me. The scriptures are not ordinary. Say it again. They are not ordinary. ordinary. The Bible I have have is not ordinary. ordinary. 
Yeah. All those things in there are not ordinary. They carry the very presence of God. God can take you through the Spirit and you experience what that leper felt when he said to Jesus, if you will, you can heal me. And Jesus said, I will. Be thou cleansed. And he touched him. You can know. That's what God can carry. You can know. And when you know that, that emotion of God, that presence of God, you will have compassion for others. That is why when you, when you lay hands on the sick, they will recover without delay. Because you know what it means to be sick. Not because you felt sick, but through the word of God, you felt the sickness of people. Do you understand? Yeah. You, you would know. You can know. You can know. You can know. You can know the power of God. Not because you mixed some things to know the power of God, but because, just because of the scriptures. Because the scriptures carry the emotions of God. Are you listening to me? Yeah. The secret is not in some red oil, green oil, black oil. No, it's in the scriptures. It's in the scriptures. It's in the scriptures. Do you understand? It's the scriptures, the word of God. As you read it, it's, it's not complicated. As you read it, it has God in there. It can let you experience God. Yeah. It can let you experience what it means to be filled with the Spirit. How did Peter feel when he was standing before the same people who crucified his Lord? And was going to speak to them. The same group, some days earlier, he was afraid to stand before. This time around, in Acts chapter 4, he's meant to stand before them. And the Bible says that, and Peter filled the Holy Ghost. Speak unto them. And when they saw his boldness, they recognized that he had been with Jesus. Yeah, you can know what it means to be filled with the Spirit, to speak with boldness. Not through mixing some things, but through the very, just the word of God. Just the word of God. Not, not any complicated, just the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can learn how to communicate the power of God. How did Peter feel when he stood with the man who was impotent in his feet? With John and said that, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Such as I have, give I unto thee. Such as I have given in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he held him and helped him to stand up on his feet. That power is for us. It's not for anybody. It's for us. It's for us. It's for us. How is it communicated? Through the word of God. Through the very word of God. Colossians 1.6. Look at Colossians 1, 6. The word of God has its own inherent power. Okay? It can produce results of its own. Which is coming. He's talking about the word of God. Let's, let's really amplify it. He says, which has come to you, he's talking about the gospel. He says, which has come to you, or the word of God. The word of God which has come to you, indeed, in the whole world, that gospel, that word, what is the gospel? The good news, the very word, that gospel is bearing fruit and still is growing by its own inherent power. There's an inherent power in the scriptures. That's what I'm trying to let you know. There's an inherent power in the scriptures. Okay? Inherent power in the scriptures. Paul said, the one who does miracles amongst you, doeth he, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Galatians 3, by the hearing of faith. The guy does the miracles and works the miracles not by any other means, but by the hearing of faith. How does faith come? Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as you hear the word of God, that word works in you faith and causes you to be able to work miracles. Work signs and work wonders. Not because of something you combine somewhere. Or some prophet who laid hands on you. No. It's because of the word of God. The deeper you get into the word, the more the, the, more the miraculous follows your life. God confirmed his, his word. Not any other thing. 
Mark chapter, chapter 15. Oh, hallelujah. That's what God is telling us these things. Because of what is popular around. Hallelujah. People do things. Yes. If you want to be prophetically inclined, what should you do? You must wash your face with water from... Uh, what? From Woodrow. You know Woodrow. You must let the water stay for three nights in the... What is Woodrow? What is the English word for Woodrow? Woodrow. Mortar. Mortar, yeah. For three days. And then use that water to wash your face. Then you can... And you wash it up from, from down up. Then you can... Your eyes can open. It's not true. It's not... The word of God carries its own inherent power. That will open your eyes. Yeah, because the word of God is a person. Hebrews chapter 4. Eh? Hebrews chapter 4. Look at verse, verse 12. Hebrews 4 verse 12. Hallelujah. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a designer of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Verse 13. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. In his sight. The scriptures have, it's a person, it's Jesus. In his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him. With whom we have to do. Him with whom we have to do. Yeah. He's the power of God. What can't he give you? You don't need anything extra. In Acts chapter, Acts chapter 19 verse 20. Look at Acts chapter 19 verse 20. In the city of Ephesus. So mightily grew the word of God. And prevailed. The word of God grows on its own. It has its own inherent power. Its own inherent power. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It, can, it will make you what it talks about. Like someone said. Yeah. It will make you. You don't need any complications at all. At all. Inherent power. It has its own inherent power. It can make you what it says it wants to make you. If he says all things are yours, he means it. All things are yours. He will make it come to pass. The amazing thing about the word of God is that the word of God is a seed. Okay? The word of God is a seed. And depending on the type of seed you sowed, you can have a certain type of harvest. Sometimes we pray about some things, we use the word of God, and it happens quickly. Why? Because probably that seed is like maize. How many months do you take to reap maize? Three months. But if you planted cocoa, if you planted cocoa seeds, when is it going to come, come out? How many years? Five years. Does it mean that the seed is not going to work? No, it doesn't mean anything. It is going to work. Is it not going to work? It's going to work. Hallelujah. It's because of the type of seed. It's viability. It's five years. It's five years. So it may take a while, but it will come to pass. It's though it tarries. Surely it will come to pass. So mightily grew the word. Listen, this year the word of God is going to grow so mightily in you. And it's going to prevail through your thoughts. Prevail through your body. Prevail through your spirit. And prevail through your circumstances. By the power of the Holy Ghost. And in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give the Lord a shout if you are in the church. <laughs> Hallelujah. So mightily grew the word. It has its own inherent ability. It will make you. Look at Acts chapter 20, verse 32. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, 
which is able. It has an ability. The word of God has an ability. He says, and now when I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able. Has, the word of God on this one, the scriptures. He's talking about the scriptures, logos, the logos. Not anything, the logos. The logos has an ability, which is able to build you up. It will build you up in your finances. It will build you up in your social life. It will build you up in your family. It will build you up in your relationship. It will build you up in your in your in the way you 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 are parents. It will build you up in your social life. It will build you up in your business life. It will build you up in every single aspect of your life. I commend you to God. I leave you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able, which is able. It has an ability to build you, to build you. Hallelujah. The logos, not any the logos, the logos, John 3:16, John 7:45, John this, this that one is able. It has ability. It can do everything that you can think about. Yeah. Yeah, it can do everything. You see, it's medicine. It's medicine. It's medicine. It's medicine. It's medicine. It's medicine. The word of God is medicine. Yeah. On Friday when I came, I, I, I think I'd worked, I had traveled from Kumasi through Oda to Accra and back within two days. I had pre- when I went to Oda, I preached for about four hours. Stood up four hours and preached in a car meeting. Continued to Accra. Went for some meetings, plenty of meetings. I didn't sit. Then I came all the, drove all the way back to Kumasi. When I came to Kumasi, I came straight into an all night. Till morning. When we woke up, we started moving around again. When I go home on a Saturday night, I just, my body made me know that I'm in a body. It made me know that you need rest. And I was not feeling well at all. I didn't know what I was going to do myself. I was feeling feverish. Yeah, that's what happened to me. Just, today's what? Today's Tuesday, right? So, even yesterday, so it started on Saturday night. Sunday morning, when I was preaching to you, I was not feeling well at all. But I was, I was not feeling well at all. It's the type that you have to sit down and sleep. And take some drugs. But I was preaching to you. I stood for some hours and preached to you. We closed. I still related to some people. Visited some more people. Went to bed. And then we started. We said we are fasting. So we have to stay up and do some things and prepare. So I can come and preach to you. Isn't it? But as I was going. I told my wife. I'm not feeling well. Throughout the, throughout the night. She would wake up and lay hands on me and pray for me. And then she'll go back to bed. Then she'll wake up. How, how are you feeling? Okay, the temperature is going down. Then she'll pray for me again. Then she'll sleep. Then she'll pray. Clap for her. She has that one. Hey, give her fun. Give her two, 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 two. Hey. She prayed for me. And then she gave me communion. She said, take this communion. Yes. She gave me communion. She blessed the bread. And it was what? It was cream crackers. She blessed the bread, cream crackers, and blessed water for me and said, take and drink. And I took it and I drank it. That was my first medicine. Because the word of God says that it is medicine. It is medicine. Yeah. It's not a special. It's, it's, that's what the word of God says. It's a miracle meal. So I took it in the, in the evening. At night, around 1 a.m., I stood up, woke up and took it again. That was why when you came, I didn't see you. I was, I was so sick in my body. I took it at 1 a.m. took it at 6 a.m. Then I continued taking it. Until I took the last one at 1 p.m. I said, if sentence persists after three days, consult your doctor. So if after three days nothing is happening, I'm going to consult the doctor. Yeah. I'm standing here preaching to you. Do I look like someone who's not feeling well? It's medicine. It's medicine. It's medicine. Look at from verse, from verse 20. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20. My son, attend to my words. This is we are going to be attending to God's words. 
incline thy ear unto my saints. We are going to open our ears. You see, your ears need to be engaged for the word of God to enter. Yeah, you need to open your ears. I'll show you. You need to open your ears. You need to open your heart. Three things you engage to be able to engage the word of God well. Your ears, your eyes, your heart. These are the three things. It says, my son, attend to my words, incline thy ear unto my sayings. Next verse. Let them not depart out of thine eyes. You look at them. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them. That's how you find the word. You find the word through hearing, seeing, and keeping it in your heart. For they are life unto those that find them. And health. Health to all their flesh. The word of God is health. It's medicine. It will heal you. The word of God is a divine antibiotics. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hmm. It is full of power. It is full of power. So what do we do with the written, written word? Because the written word, I want to talk about the spoken word today. I spoken about the living word. Do you remember? And I spoken about the written word. So what do we do with the written word? Now that we know that the written word is full of power on its own. It is full of power on its own. The power of God is embedded in that in the scriptures. Hmm? For they are life. Meditating on this. For they are life unto those that find them and help to all, those who, all their flesh. That will do something to you. You don't need to combine it to any other thing. It will do something for you. Simple. You see, Christ is simple. Tell me about Christ is simple. Second Corinthians chapter 11 verse 2. Look at Second Corinthians 11 verse 2. For I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear. Say I fear. But I Paul says, I fear. Paul was the teacher of the, of the Corinthians. He was their pastor. He was telling them, I, I fear. Lest by any means, as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. So your minds, your mind is very important with the word of God. Your mind is very important to God. Okay? If your mind has been corrupted by something, you are in trouble. He says, he says so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Christ is very simple. Jesus is not complicated at all. Jesus' messages were full of stories. God manifest in flesh came to teach and he was teaching a certain man. A certain man. Say a certain man. Say a certain woman. A certain girl. That was how he taught. A certain man. Simple. But the, the word, that small thing that he was teaching was so powerful. It changed many people's lives. Peter said that because one day Jesus had preached a very tough message in John chapter 6, verse 63. Look at John 6, 63. It's the spirit that quickened the flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Look at the next verse. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believe not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it be given unto him of my father. From that time, Jesus preached a very wild message concerning his flesh and his blood. He says his flesh is meat indeed and his blood is drink indeed. Hard message. From that time of teaching that message, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. They didn't walk with him anymore. Next verse. The loyalty and his loyalty. Eh? Then said Jesus unto the twelve. He said, turn to the twelve and said, will you also go? Are you also going to leave? They have all left. Are you, going to be, are you also going to leave? Jesus had people leaving him. Can you imagine? Even Jesus. Hey. Then Simon Peter answered and answered him, Lord, Lord, is it that a certain man, a certain woman, a certain boy, a certain king? Look at how Peter interpreted it. Says, then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. 
And Jesus has spoken it himself in verse 63. Yeah. It is the spirit that giveth life. The flesh profits nothing at all. The words that I speak unto you. That word I'm speaking concerning a certain man, a certain woman. is what? It says, I, but the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The word of God can communicate life to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So what do we do with the written word? That's my final thing. What's that? What do we do with the written word? We, we will eat it. We will eat the word. Say so we will eat the word. The, the written word is given to us to eat. It's our meal to eat. Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 16. The word, thy words were found. I found your word. And I did eat them. I ate your word. I did eat them. When you find the word of God, eat them. We are going to be, say we are going to be eating the word. This year, we will eat the word. Listen, if you don't eat the word, you are not part of what we are talking about. And I'm going to show you what it means to eat the word. If you don't eat the word, you, don't, you are not part of what we are talking about. Normally, when we declare the word of God like this, some people live their lives outside of what has been declared. You are not sitting in that church, you are sitting here. This is the word that God is giving to you. Every house is different. It's not the same. Okay? God is different because there are levels. It's not the same. It's the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is such that they are not the same. The body has different parts. This finger is different from this finger. Even though they are all on the same palm. Isn't it? Yeah. They have different functions. So the information that this one needs to be able to grab something, grab hold of something, it's not the same as the information this one will need. That is why the word is different. Because of the part we belong to. Because of the place we belong to. Okay? And every ministry, okay, forms a certain part. Small part. Not, we may not be a big part. We may just be a small cell or a small something in, in a small portion of this finger. In the body of Christ. As a church. But, if we don't function as we are supposed to, this finger cannot function. And hence, the body of Christ cannot function. That's how important it is. So, if you are hearing what we are telling you, this is the word that God has given to us to function by this year. If you do what we are telling you, you will get results. You will get results. There are three major tools that were used in the, in the word of God by the, the, the apostles. Three very important things that were used, that they had access to. The first one is the word of God. The second one is the spirit of God. The third one is the name of Jesus. These were the three things that they had and they used throughout their time. Today God is giving us one, the word, to function by. If you function by the word like I'm telling you to, you'll be surprised at the testimonies that you will have. You have to eat the word. It says, thy words were found and I did eat them. I consumed them. Why do we eat the word? Okay, let me show you. Go to Job chapter 23. Let's read verse 12. Job 23 verse 12. I hope it's clear enough. Is it clear enough? Can you understand it? All right. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have not gone back from the command. Don't go back from the commandment of his lips. I'm telling you what God is telling you. Okay? I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I've esteemed his word, the word from his mouth, more than my necessary food. Job, Job thought that the word of God was more important than food. So he will consume the word rather than consume food. Jesus said to the devil, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word of God is bread indeed. It is. And we must eat it. It's given to us for our consumption. 
Okay? It's given to us for our consumption. Look at Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 1. Ezekiel 3 verse 1. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest. Eat this roll and go and speak unto the children of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat that roll. What, what, he's talking about the word of God. Because he had written some things on a scroll and he gave it to me to eat. And he ate. He says, I ate it. Next verse, verse 3. And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then, I, then, did I, then did I eat it and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. It was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. Without you consuming the word, I was telling you during the all night, I think two all nights ago, that you see that what sitting on the word of God is difficult. You open even when you are preaching, you are sleeping. When you open it yourself and you are reading, you can't. It's, it's, it's a sleeping pill for many people. Some people, the, the pages of their Bible are torn, not because they've been reading it, they've been exhausting it by reading it. They've been sleeping on it and chewing on it. They've been chewing on it, on it so many times. So many times. And that's what has caused it to, to, be, to be torn. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He said unto me. It's not easy. So when you are consuming it. When you are putting it inside. It's bitter. That's why he says that it was bitter in my tummy. It was bitter in my belly. It is bitter because it is becoming a part of you. You see, in First Peter chapter 1, verse 20, the Bible says that being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God that lives and abides forever. Isn't it? By the word of God. We are born again by the word of God that lives and abides forever. So we are the word of God tabernacled in flesh, actually. But the fact that you are born a child and you're a human being, made up of hydrocarbons, every child born is made up of hydrocarbons. You understand hydrocarbons? Hydrogens and carbons. That's what makes up our DNA. And, am I lying, doctor? Is that what makes, up, makes us up? Our, isn't our bodies made up of proteins, carbohydrates, uh, nitrogen, and all those things? Are they not in there? Our students don't know what I'm talking about. I know, I'm aware. I'm aware, I'm aware. I'm sorry that I forgot there were a lot of our students here. But the human body is made up of carbohydrates. Yes, where are the doctors? Am I lying? My God, you are not a doctor. Go away. Am I lying? It's true. What are some of the things that form the human body? Proteins, bones, um, all consist of, um, as you were saying. Um, Shut up, you don't know, you keep quiet. You keep quiet. <laughs> what uh, water is water forms the most part of the, but uh, water is hydrogen and oxygen. So, and then, then the rest, um, carbon, hydrogen, is, as you were saying, nitrogen. And then um, they are joined by bonds. Uh, basically, oh, shall I did science? Oh, I did, I'm a science student. Please, share. I did science. What's it? Be there. All those of you who didn't do science, see me in chambers. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, you see, we are born with that. Just like a child is born with hydrocarbons, with hydrogen, nitrogen, and all those things inside. But the fact that you are born with hydrocarbons and all those nitrogen and all those things inside does not mean that you don't need hydrogens and carbons and oxygen and nitrogen to survive. If you like, don't, don't eat. You will see. Have you ever fasted for three days continuous before? I have done some before. After I finished, I had to crawl like a, like a snake for food. It's not a small thing. It's not a small thing at all. Hallelujah. You see, so even though we are born of the word, we need to ingest the word. We need to eat the word. You see, the way for your, your flesh, your bones, 
and your blood and all those things to multiply is by injecting in more nutrients, more food. The, more you, when you, the food you eat becomes a part of your body. It doesn't just come out. It, some become a part, the most important ones become a part of your body. Do you understand? Same thing, that's what causes you to grow. Without that, you can't grow. Same thing with the word of God. We, when you eat the word of God, they say you are what you eat, isn't it? When you eat the word of God, you become the word of God. You are the word of God. But to become more of the word, you need to consume more of the word. So it says, thy words were found and I did eat them. It was bitter. Why was it bitter? Because it's difficult to ingest it in. There are a lot of things going on. You know, medita- meditation is not a joke. It's not a joke at all. Sitting on the word of God for two hours is not a joke at all. It's bitter. But when you allow it to enter you, it will start coming back up to your mouth. And when it comes into your mouth, it will start tasting nice as honey. That is when you start getting the results of what you consumed. So go back to Jeremiah chapter 15 verse. He says, thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy words was unto me the joy. And my, the, it was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. It will become the joy and the rejoicing of your heart after it has gone into you. Are you listening to me? He says, it came unto my mouth as honey. And when I spoke it, it was sweet. He says, prophesy unto the, the, the nations. As you consume the word of God, God will bring you before nations. This year, God will bring you before nations. Yeah, through God's word. Through God's word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your whole life depends on consuming the word. You have to eat it. Tell me about how to eat the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me take you a step further. We are going to be eating the word. Look at John chapter 6 verse 48. Why do we eat the word? Why? Because the word of, the word of God is meat indeed. <laughs> this is Jesus talking. You remember Jesus is the living word? And the written word explains or expresses and unveils the living word. Who is Jesus, right? So Jesus is talking. He says, I am that bread. I am that abodo. I am that bread. Say, I am that bread. Say it again. I am that bread. I am that bread of life. Next verse. For your, fa- your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven. That a man may eat thereof and not die. And not die. Remember that Jesus has brought immortality and life to light. Do you know through the gospel? As you consume the word of God, he says that you shall not die. Next verse. Okay, next verse. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. You didn't hear me. I said, He shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Jesus is the bread of life. Why did he not say, I am the, the gobe of life? You know gobe, gobe is red, red. Eh? Gary and beans with cocoa, with salad. In Ashanti region, there's, it comes with salad, ketchup, sausages, mayonnaise. Or, it's only in Ashanti. It doesn't exist anywhere again. It's only here. Uh-huh. We know. We are where? Hallelujah. With macaroni. Yes. yes. My plenty macaroni. I was amazed when I, the first time I got here and I saw that I was shocked. We're all buying beans. The guy came, bought the beans, then he bought macaroni, bought salad, bought fried yam, bought pear, and bought egg. 
three eggs or so. I was, I was like, ah, why? What do I want to do? <laughs> Hallelujah. Why didn't Jesus say, I am the indomie of life? I'm the abitier of life. I'm the Tozafi of life. You see, those who are in UK don't know what we are talking about. They don't, they don't understand what we are talking about. What, what should we say for them? Potato chips of life. <laughs> Hamburger of life. Milkshake of life. Why didn't Jesus say any of that? But chose to use bread. Why did he say bread? Because bread is a universal meal. You will find bread in every culture of the world. It is the only meal that cuts across every culture. No matter where you are in the world, you will eat bread. So Jesus said, I'm the meal for the whole world. Everybody must partake of me. Hallelujah. Yeah, you must partake of me. He's the bread of life. Say he's the bread of life. And we must eat him. You see, the word bread in Hebrew is lechem. L-E-C-H-E-M. You can choose to spell it anyhow. It will still work. We are not from Israel. Hallelujah. Lechem. Okay? And it's the word from which the word fight comes from. The word fight in Hebrew is lakam. L-A-C-H-A-M. Lakam. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So bread. For instance, Bethlehem. It's the house of bread. Lehem, lekem. Okay? It's bread. It means bread. Now, from that word bread, we get the word fight. Am I lying or is it true? Have you checked and you realize it's true? Check. Be a Berean. Check and see if he's lying or he's not lying. I'm not lying. You're a pastor. Maybe they will say I've connived with you. Anybody else? Is it true what I'm saying? Is it there? Or is it not there? Oh, you don't even know what I'm talking about. Bread. Bread is the same as what? It's, it's, it's not the same, but it's, that is where the origin of the word fight comes from. The origin of the word fight comes from the word bread. Can you imagine? Meaning that, okay, let me show you a scripture. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the sea waters. He restores my soul. Uh-huh. He leadeth me. He restored my soul. He led me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thou art thy staff that comfort me. Thou. 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 He says, Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Why would he prepare a table? Why should you be eating in the presence of your enemies? When you meet your enemies, what does it mean? Is it not a time to fight? Ah, is it not true? When you meet your enemies, it's time to fight. Enemies connote the idea of fighting. If this person is your enemy, then you must fight. But yet, he says, you prepare a table, a nice meal before me, in the presence of my enemies. Some people say that that table is a table of shoe bread. You know the table of shoe bread? Yeah, the table upon which the bread that was shown, that was arranged to show. <laughs> That's why it's called shoe bread. It's for show. <laughs> Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
So in the presence of your enemies, all you need to do is to feed on the word. The way to fight your enemies is to feed on the word of God. The more you feed on the word, the more you are fighting. As you are eating the word and feasting on the word, you are so it means that the word of God is your tool for success. It's your tool for victory. So 2019. This year 2019 which you are standing right now. You are going to win your battles because listen, it's only a child who thinks that there are no battles in the year. It's only a child. Like your, your mind is small. Your mind is like Chocomilo. Your mind is like Raiko. Usa. Your mind is like Raiko. If you think that the year is going to be smooth, it's not going to be smooth. But you are going to make it smooth. How are you going to make it smooth? By eating the word. Fight through eating the word. Fight through eating the Consume the word. How do we eat the word? I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you. Not today. I'll show it to you. How do you eat the word? You eat the word through meditation. Through study. Do you understand? You meditate on the word. You study the word. You learn the word. You put the word into you. And then you begin to speak the word. When you speak the word, you are fighting. It says that, and it says, make your way with the sword of the spirit, isn't it? Yeah. What is the sword of the spirit? It says, which is the word of God. The realm of God. When the word of God is fixed into you like that, it will come out of you as the last portion, the spoken word. Which is what, that is the creative power of God. That works in every situation of life. So this year, say to your neighbor, this year, you will see me meditating on the word. This year, you will see me studying the word. This year, I'm going to go into the word. I'll be tearing the word apart and consuming it. Eating scriptures. Tell me, but by the end of this year, I'll be quoting 200 scriptures to you. By heart. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. Is it because this is the tool that God has given to us for the year? It's the word. Fight your fights. Fight. You see, why, why, why are we going to eat the word? You see, because as the word of God comes, as you eat the word of God, something happens to you. The first thing is that faith comes to you. Do you see? It's called the ministry of the word. You are exposed to the ministry of the word as you feed on the word. In Acts chapter 6, verse 4. The disciples said that it is not meat, it is not good that we should give ourselves over uh, onto seven tables, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer. We'll give ourselves continually to the prayer and to the ministry of the word. The word ministry is service. There's a service of the word. There's something the word of God does. Do you understand? There's a service of the word. It does something to you. It does something to you. And the first thing it does to you, the first ministry of the word is faith. Romans chapter 10 verse 17, I mentioned it earlier. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith, it ministers faith to you. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, nothing can happen without faith. You can't do anything in the kingdom of God without faith. A little faith. You see, we are sitting here because some of us had a little faith to continue doing what God wanted us to do. And not look around. Yeah, that's how come all these churches are there. 20 churches all over the place. It's a little faith that we had that's made these things work. Without faith, nothing can work. It says we are not of them that draw back unto perdition, but we are of them that believe the word of God and trust the word of God unto the salvation of the soul. Without the word of God, you can't have faith. 
And your faith is what will bring you into the realm of miracles, signs, and wonders. Galatians chapter 3. So it ministers faith to you. It ministers miracles. It ministers miracle ability to you. Can I show it to you? Galatians chapter 3. It's a year of the word. So you shouldn't get tired. Hmm? Verse 5. Galatians chapter 3 verse 5. It says, He therefore that ministered to you the Spirit. The one who ministers to you the Spirit. And worked miracles among you. You see, the word of God brings faith to you. That works miracles. This, and worked miracles among you. Do it, he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Or by the hearing of faith. So as you hear the word of God, miracle working ability comes to you. I sing it. That's the second thing. The third thing that the, the word of God ministers to you is that it ministers to you the glory of God. You remember in John chapter 1 verse 14, it says that, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory. The word of God has glory. It says we beheld his glory. Eh? We beheld his glory. And the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Then in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, look at 2 Corinthians 3 18. We all. See, and we all. We all. And we all. It says, but we all with open face, beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord. What glass is he talking about? The word glass is the word of God. You can find it in James chapter 1, verse 21. Go to James chapter 1, verse 21, and we'll come back to this. Wherefore, lay apart all footiness and superfluity of nothingness, and receive with meekness the grafted word, which is able to save your souls. But you, be you doers of the word, and not generous only, deceiving your own selves. Next verse. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. I not the word glass appears here. He's talking about the word of God, and he says, God glass. He beholds himself, beholding his natural face in a, as in a glass. And straight away, he goes away forgetting what manner. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way. And straight away forgetting what manner of man he was. That glass communicates the glory of God. It says, but we are with open face. Beholding us in a glass. The glory of God. It says, we are changed. We are transfigured. We are, trans- we are transformed into that same image from glory to glory. As by the Spirit of the Lord. So the word of God, the ministry of the, the, the word of God ministers to you the glory of God. It ministers to you faith. What you need for your life. The word of God only ministers things that you need for your life. Because of what it represents. Without it, it is your life. Without it, you can't have life. He says that the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. Without it, you can't have life. You can't live the supernatural life. So through it, you receive faith. Through it, the miracle working ability comes to you. And through it, the glory of God. All these things are things you can't get through any other means. You can't, you can't buy it anywhere. It's only the word of God that can give them to you. The glory of God comes to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The next thing, number four. Number four is that it brings you the grace of God. The grace of God is the ability of God. Second Peter chapter one, verse two. Grace and peace. So the next thing is that it brings you peace as well. So grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. It brings you grace. What is grace? The divine ability of God working in the human spirit. Causing him to do what God wants him to do. And produce the results God wants him to produce. Which shows itself in joy. In beauty. In favor. In glory and in pleasantness. That's the grace of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the grace of God is ministered to you. And peace that surpasses all understanding is ministered to you. Peace that you cannot buy on the shelves is ministered to you. Through the ministry of the word. That, so as you eat the word of God. As you are eating the word of God. Faith is being ministered to you. As you are eating the word of God. Grace is being ministered to you. Peace is being ministered to you. Hallelujah. Glory is coming into your life. The last one is in Acts chapter 10, verse 44. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. 
And while Peter just spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. As you hear the word, the ministry of the word is to bring into your life the Spirit of God. We have the Spirit of God, but there are levels of the Spirit that are found in the word. The word of God will give you the Spirit of God. Jesus said, the word I speak unto you, they are spirits. So the word of God communicates the Spirit of God. Do you understand? It communicates the Spirit of God. The, word of God, the, the Spirit of God falls upon your life in a, in a different way every time you open your Bible to study it, to read it. As you consume it, the Spirit of God comes into your life in a, in a fresh way. In a fresh way. In a higher way. In a higher level. While Peter spake these words, the Holy Ghost, say the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard. Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 1. Ezekiel 2 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 1. And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I'll speak unto you. The Lord spoke unto him. Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I'll speak unto you. Look at the next verse. And the Spirit entered into me when he spoke unto me. So as you open your ears to hear, hear the word of God and consume it, the Spirit of God enters you. Hallelujah. So the Spirit of God falls upon you and he enters you. He says, he entered me and set me upon my feet, that I heard him that speak unto me. He sets me upon my feet. So the, word, the Spirit of God will be coming into your life in a special way this year. Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I see you going forward this year. This year you shall see the goodness of God like you have never seen before in your life. I speak as the prophet of God for this house. And I say unto you that as you consume God's word, every single enemy that will stand before you will not be able to stand. As David stood before Goliath, and spoke the word of God to him. He spoke the word. And as he spoke the word, angels were released. The Bible says that the angels hear the voice of his word. As you give voice to the word of God, the angels will hear you. So I see angels ministering around you and to you every time. Everywhere you find yourself. I see them going at your beck and call. Without struggles. I see you cultured and, and cultured by the word. Raised by the word. Trained by the word bread of life forming a part of your every sinew and your every bone in the name of the Lord Jesus speak in language right now speak in language right now God bless you for listening keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world for prayer and counseling call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com God bless you.